Hebrews chapter 6 and verses 12 through to 16. That ye be not slothful, but followers of them who through faith and patience inherit the promises. For when God made promise to Abraham, because he could swear by no greater, he swore by himself, saying, Surely blessing I will bless thee, and multiplying I will multiply thee. And so, after he had patiently endured, he obtained the promise. For men verily swear by the greater, and an oath for confirmation is to them an end of all strife. In these verses in Hebrews 6, I especially point out verse 12, followers of them who through faith and patience inherit the promises. And then verse 15, after he had patiently endured, he obtained the promise. Through faith and patience. The apostle has exhorted the Hebrews to be diligent in faithfully serving God. Don't be slothful. Be diligent. Don't be slack or lazy in any way. Don't be negligent in living the Christian life. That's basically what he's been saying. But follow others, other faithful believers who continued in faith and had patience and endured to the end and obtained the promises. Follow them. Faith and patience, they are the key words. Follow those who had faith and patience. And inconsistent Christian service, that's what you need. Faith, but you also need patience. You need both. And the order is right. Faith is first. Faith is foundational. And patience that flows out of faith and accompanies it, there's no patience without faith. We can't endure at all the difficulties and the trials without faith. So you see why faith is before patience. Always before. Also, there is no faith without promise. Because faith has to have a promise of God to depend upon and to believe and to rely on. And so the order is promise, first of all, receiving the promises by the word, then faith, believing those promises, trusting those promises, Continuing on believing, going through life, enduring the trials, enduring the difficulties, and after a course of endurance, at the end, obtaining the promises, entering into the inheritance, fulfillment. So that's the order, promise, receiving promise, faith, patience, and at the end of life, receiving promise, fulfillment. So we're distinguishing between getting a promise and obtaining the promise. There's that distinction and we have to keep that in mind in order to understand what the apostle here is saying. So the apostle then, he, he now brings us to one of the great examples of that. Many men and women who had faith and endurance but the one that he brings us to is Abraham. You can see that in our text. 
For when God made promise to Abraham, so he brings in Abraham at this point. And there's no better example, really, because we have a, a large account of Abraham's life in Genesis, Genesis 12, beyond to 24 or so thereabouts. So that's quite a chunk of scripture, wherein we have a description of this man of God. And he was known for his faith, his belief, and also the many trials and difficulties that he went through in regard to that faith. So he's a great example. And the apostles always recognize this. For example, Paul to the Galatians, he says, we're blessed with faithful, believing Abraham. And he said to the Romans that Abraham, he didn't stagger at the promise of God through unbelief. He wasn't running about like a drunken man with unbelief, but he was strong in faith. He endured and he gave glory to God in a life of faith. So Abraham is the classic example. Now to understand what Paul is saying here, you have to realize that the very point in time in which Abraham is being spoken about is Genesis 22. Because that's where the oath of God was sworn to Abraham. In Genesis 22. You have that there. Because he could swear by no greater, he swore by himself, saying, Surely blessing, I will bless thee, and multiplying, I will multiply thee. And then concluding that, so after he obtained, patiently endured, he obtained the promise. And he's referring to the obtaining of the promise at the giving of the oath in Genesis chapter 22. He's speaking of Mount Moriah. He's speaking of the time when he ever he offered up his son on Mount Moriah. We read that chapter. We'll refer to it again. But that's when the oath was made. That's when the promise was obtained. That's when his patience and endurance kind of ceased. He saw Christ's day. He on that Mount Moriah entered into the inheritance of the promise with a fullness of assurance. So obviously... He didn't obtain it all then in, in Genesis 22 on Mount Moriah. And some say, well, he obtained it when he died. But I don't think the apostle can be referring to that. And he hasn't really obtained the fullness yet because it won't be until the new heavens and the new earth that he obtains all the fullness, all the inheritance of the promises. And Paul can't be referring to that. So we have to make a, a distinction here. The people of faith... Really, ultimately speaking, none of them have obtained the inheritance, the promises. Because they all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off, were persuaded of them and embraced them and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims in the earth. So they died in faith, not having obtained the promise. But there was something happened on Mount Moriah that day that brought Abraham even beyond the realm of faith. He saw Christ's death as he stood there beside his resurrected son who came off the altar, he saw something and he got an oath. God swore to him. And in that oath, he got a confirmation that was the end of all strife. He didn't have any more strife. He didn't seem to have any more problems of faith. He didn't seem to have any more difficulties. Whatever happened on Mount Moriah that day, he obtained it. He obtained it. So I, I think that's what the apostle is meaning here. That day in Mount Moriah, after enduring the great and final trial of offering Isaac with God's oath, he obtained the promise. So getting that oath of God is like getting the whole inheritance. 
Because when God swears, that's it, you don't need anything more. That's confirmation enough. It was sure, it was certain, as if he had it already, and Abraham now knew of a certainty, as Christ said, he saw my day, he saw it all clearly, and he rejoiced. He rejoiced. So I think Paul is referring to what happened that day, obtaining the promise on Mount Moriah. So Paul then is viewing Abraham with his risen son, Isaac, as now having obtained the promise. The matter is forever settled. Now obviously, as I said, there's much more to be fulfilled. The generations have to come. The seed of the woman, Jesus Christ, has to come. The new heavens and the earth have to come for it all to be completely obtained. But that day on Mount Moriah, something special about it was obtained by God's servant in his own heart and life. And that's what we're, we're thinking about here tonight. So verse 16 then says, An oath for confirmation is the end of all strife. And if there's no strife, you don't need endurance, you don't need patience. It's all over. He obtained that day. Now having said that, let's go to Genesis and let's apply it to our own Christian pilgrimage, our own lives. In the example of Abraham, as as Paul has said, follow the example of the saints. And let's go to where it commenced. Where Abraham's life of faith began. And we read Genesis chapter 12 because that's where it all began. Chapter 12 verses 1 to 4. At first he was Abram. He was a heathen. He was a pagan in Ur of the Chaldees. But something happened in his life. He had a visitation. He had a visitation of God. God came to him with good news. God came to him with gospel. God appeared to him and called him out. And called him to follow him. To follow the Lord. So in Genesis 12 we read, The Lord had said unto Abram, Get thee out of thy country, from thy kindred, from thy father's house, Onto a land that I will show thee. So there's a command here. A command to go out. A command to leave your father's house. A a command to leave the pagan country. And a command to go to a land that God is going to reveal to him step by step. The command. But there's not only the command, there are promises. And God adds, I will make of thee a great nation. Now remember, this is a man who doesn't have a child yet. And God says to him, I'll make of thee a great nation. I'll bless thee. I'll make thy name great. Thou will be a blessing. I'll bless them that bless thee. I'll curse him that curses thee. And in thee shall all the families of the earth be blessed. Here's a man who hasn't even got a family. And God is telling to him, I'll bless all the families in you. And he hasn't even got a seed yet. And he doesn't have a seed for a very, very long time. And yet God gives him this promise of, of multitudes of families being blessed through his family and his seed. And so Abraham departed, as the Lord had spoken unto him. And he commenced the life of faith, believing the promises of God, going out, following the Lord, going into the land of promise. And as Paul says in Hebrews 11, Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place, which he should after receive for an inheritance, obeyed. And he went out, not even knowing whither he went. So he's walking by faith. 
He's walking according to the leading of God. He's walking according to the promises. He started the journey of faith. You see the order? God came to him in the gospel. He commanded him to leave the land. He commanded him to be the pilgrim. And he gave him promises. And believing those promises, he had faith. And he started the journey. And that's how it is with all of the pilgrims of God. We were in the world. We were in sin. We were in darkness. But God came to us in the gospel and he called us out of the world. He called us out of sin. He called us to follow him. He said, believe in my son, the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved. And he's promised us an inheritance. And he's promised us the heavenly rest. Whosoever believeth on him hath eternal life. He's promised us the heavenly Canaan. And he's promised salvation. And so that's, that is what has happened. Every Christian, every pilgrim, they've, they've departed the world of sin. And they're on the journey of the Christian pilgrimage. And they're following the Lord. And they're going through life. Believing the promise. Enduring, continuing until the end. As Paul wants the people to do. To the end. You remember he's saying that so often. To the end. Continue to the end. So Abraham has done that. And every Christian has, has done that. They have commenced the journey. They have commenced the life of faith. They have obeyed the Lord. And repented. And come to Jesus Christ. And they're looking for the city. And they're making their way to the city. That hath foundations. As builder and maker is God. That city that we saw in the book of the Revelation. So like Abraham then. The Christian commences the journey of faith. And the world is behind our back. And we're called strangers and pilgrims. In the earth. That however is not the end of the story. Is it? That's just the beginning. The beginning's nice. God coming. Working in your heart giving you the command of the gospel, giving you the promises of the gospel, and it's sweet, and there's joy in believing and gladness. But then, you go through life, and there are trials, and there are difficulties, and there are problems, and you face so much opposition, and you face so many wicked people, wicked ones, and the devil himself, and you have your own flesh to battle with. Oh, it's such a struggle. So all of these promises that encouraged the, the man of God out on the path, he, he began to find that the promises weren't fulfilled early. They weren't fulfilled quick, year by year. No sign of them even being fulfilled. And he, he's struggling on through the pilgrimage. And he's still believing. And in fact, the, the, the fulfillment is years and years away, even before he sees his son born. And he, he still has struggles with that now, especially when he has to offer him up in death. He has struggles there. So he has these problems, these trials. And he shows patience. Endurance. So central to the promise is having an offspring. Be made a great nation. Be multiplying. And you can't even begin to multiply unless you have a son. And here's this man doesn't have a son. He needs a son. And ultimately it's all fulfilled in the promise of Christ. But it still has to come through his own son. He has to have a son. And in order to that, 
he needs this promised son. And God promised him that. Genesis 12 verse 7. The Lord appeared unto Abraham. You see, he came come to him many times and he was, he was encouraging him and building up his faith. Unto thy seed will I give this land. And God was coming time and time again. I'll give you seed. I'll give you a son. He was reminding him of the promise. But the son never appeared. Years and years passed. And you see, that's the problem. God's promising all the time, but this son never comes. He never arrives. Sarah is barren. She's getting older and older. Abram's getting older and older himself. He comes to the years where you pass any hope of even having children, pass bearing children, pass being a father, begetting seed. And God is still promising these things. So, so what does Abraham need now? He needs patience, doesn't he? He needs endurance. He's a believer, a pilgrim, a sojourner, a follower of the Lord. But he hasn't obtained the promise. He hasn't even got a son. But he has to go on. He has to endure. He has to go on faithfully. And he does. He doesn't pack it in. He doesn't give up. He never says, I'm not going to believe God anymore. I can't trust these promises anymore. There's years and years and there's nothing of it. I can't believe him. How can I trust him anymore? He seems to be one as lies unto me. But he never speaks like that, does he? Why does he never speak like that? Because he has patience. He endures. He continues believing. Continues trusting in God. He's not finding it easy. He has doubts and fears. He struggles. He battles. And he's praying on. And he's trying to overcome his unbelief and his doubts. And he's bringing the thing before God time and time again. Now into all the struggles we cannot go. I suggest you read his life. It's a wonderful study. It would be exceedingly profitable to leave Hebrews. It might even be tempting to leave Hebrews. Hebrews is that difficult. It might even be tempting to leave Hebrews and go to Genesis 12 and study the life of Abraham. But we won't be doing that at this season. Maybe on another occasion. So it's a wonderful life. It's all there. Sometimes he fails. You remember he went down to Egypt and he got Sarah's wife to lie. He's not a perfect believer. He repented the same sin on another occasion as well. And this barrenness issue was a sore trial to his faith. But he kept serving God. And then in Genesis 15, the Lord came to him and said, Fear not, Abram, I am thy shield and thy exceeding great reward. And Abraham prayed to him and said, Look, Lord, I've got this Eliezer. He's a great servant of mine. He was born in this house. Could, could he not maybe be the one to get the promise? Could you not work through him? What will thou give me, seeing I go childless? I've got this Eliezer. As if to say, maybe him. To me you've given no seed. And lo, one born in mine house is mine heir. And the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, This shall not be thine heir. It's not Eliezer. One born of yourself will be your son, will be your seed. So he has doubts, he has struggles, but he kept on believing, he kept on trusting, and he was justified by faith. And God brought him out. He says, look up, look up at the stars there, Abraham. Can you count them? So shall your seed be. And his faith was strengthened. 
And he believed God again. It was imputed to him for righteousness. He was justified by faith. He had true faith. But he still hadn't obtained the promise. He's just looking at the stars every night. God said, I'll have children as many as that. He kept on believing. And sometimes he resorted to the flesh. You remember how he resorted to having seed by Hagar? Sarah's maid. And he went in on to Hagar. And she had a, had a son, Ishmael. But Ishmael was not the son of promise. So some, sometimes he sins and falls and he tries to help the promises of God along and he's struggling and he's battling. I, I, I'm trying to give you a sense of he had to have endurance. He had to have patience. Time and time again God has to come to him and reassure him and give him the promises. And then again he come in chapter 17 of Genesis. Abraham was 99 years old then. Imagine 99 years of age and God's still saying, you're going to be a father, you're going to have a son. So the Lord appeared to him, he said, I'm almighty God, walk before me, be thou perfect. I'll make a covenant between me and thee. And here it is again, I'll multiply thee exceedingly. This barn man, his barn wife, and the almighty God saying, I'll multiply you exceedingly. Just wait and see. And he doesn't turn in disgust, as if God is tempting him and trying him beyond endurance. No, he, he endures patiently. He continues believing, trusting the promises of God. I'll make you exceeding fruitful, Abraham. I'll make nations of thee. Even kings are going to come out of your loins. And I'll establish my covenant with thee. And I'm going to give you a special seal of the covenant. I'm going to give you circumcision. And you're going to circumcise all your house and your children. Gives them the covenant of circumcision. That's a very important seal. And he hasn't even got a son yet. By promise that is. And he fell on his face and laughed. Shall a child be born unto him that's a hundred years old? Shall Sarah that is ninety years old bear? He laughed. And then he said, Oh Lord, that Ishmael might live before you. He's struggling. He's having doubts. He wants to rush this business on. And God said, Sir, thy wife shall bear thee a son indeed. And thou shalt call his name Isaac. And I'll establish my covenant with him. He's the son of promise. So Abraham, he believed, his faith was strengthened, and he continued to obey God, circumcised his whole house, and he waited the day when on the eighth day he'd be able to circumcise his son. And then again he failed in the matter of Abimelech, got a Sarah's lie, and he got chastened in that business. And so this is a pilgrimage of failing and faltering and doubting and praying and questioning and struggling. But Overall, just continue to be a pilgrim, believing and embracing the promises of God. And then it happened. The Lord visited Sarah as he had said, and the Lord did unto Sarah as he had spoken, for Sarah conceived and bare Abraham a son in his old age at the set time of which God had spoken to him, and Abraham called the name of his son that was at last born unto him 
Isaac. And when Isaac was eight days old, he circumcised him as God had commanded him. So now the son has arrived. And now we come to the point of which Paul speaks in Genesis chapter 22. This son has been born. He's grown into a little lad. And then God says, Abraham, offer him up for a sacrifice. Kill him. And offer him up to me. This only son of promise. After waiting decades to obtain him, now God says, kill him. We're not sure what age Isaac was at that time. Opinions vary between 5 to 37, but it seems clear to most people that he was in his late teens or early 20s. Whatever, Abraham is called to kill him, and Abraham proceeds to obey. Now that was a real trial of faith. That, that took a lot of endurance, I tell you. He would have found that very hard, and we can imagine how hard that would be. In fact, I think if we were called to do that, uh, we would fail at that point. At that call, many, many would depart. At that call, there would be no going on to the end. The people would just go then, but not Abraham. He is prepared even to offer his son in obedience to God and still trust him and believe him. He can go through that trial with faith. And he does. And as he's about to kill his son, you know the story, God intervened, prevented it from taking place, Offered a ram in the place of Isaac. And at that point, as Isaac comes up off the altar and he's unloosing his cords, God speaks to him from heaven and says, By myself have I sworn. This is the oath of God. This is, this is unique. This is special. I've sworn by myself. Because you have done this, Abraham. Because you haven't withheld your son, your only son, whom you loved, that in blessing I'll bless thee, and multiplying I'll multiply thy seed as the stars of heaven, and thy seed shall all the nations of the earth be blessed, because thou hast obeyed my voice. And after that, it was all downhill for Abraham. It was easy pleasing after that. He'd obtained the promise. He'd obtained the victory. With that oath, and with his resurrected son standing beside him, prefiguring Jesus Christ. He saw it all. He saw my day. It all was realized to Abraham. And there were no more doubts. There were no more fears. There was no more strife. He obtained. Took a long time. Decades. Trials. Falling into sin. Praying. Crying unto God. Having visitations from God. Having to be reminded of the promises again and again. It was a struggle. But he endured. And he continued to the end. And it's like that for all of us that are Christians. And this is what Paul is is saying to continue. Struggle on. There are trials. You have to have faith. But you also have to have endurance. So consider Abraham. Whose faith? Follow. Keep on believing. Keep on trusting. Keep on following. This is what the apostle is saying. And we have to do that, brethren and sisters. At times, heaven seems far off. In fact, at times we have to even say to ourselves, will I even make heaven? Will I even get to heaven? I'm a fail, I'm a falter, I have doubts, I'm a, 
We have struggles. We doubt the word. We doubt ourselves. We doubt our faith. We wonder, do we have any faith? We stray and falter and fall. Sometimes we resort to the flesh at times. We're just like Father Abraham in so many ways. But we have to endure and carry on. And we confess our sins. And we come afresh to the Lord for cleansing. And we go afresh to the promises to meditate upon them. And to strengthen our faith through them. So that we can continue. And whenever we get challenges in our life which make us doubt. Doubt our salvation and doubt the obtaining of the promise at the last in the end. We have to pray through. We have to take hold of the Lord. We have to take hold of the promises. Because we all are faltering. We're all struggling believers. None of us are perfect in faith. We have to have this endurance too, you see. It's not all about faith only. It's about endurance. Struggling on. So keep on looking on to Jesus. Renew your faith in him. Lay aside every weight when it gets to gain on you again. And follow on to know the Lord. So believe, continue, endure. Like Father Abraham. On to the end unto the end. No looking back, brethren and sisters. No going back to Ur of the Chaldees. At no point ever saying, I'm giving up this Christianity business. This is too hard. God is too slow in giving and fulfilling his promises. I'm not getting the grace that I expect, that I anticipate. I seem to be bereft of his presence. No, no going back. However difficult you feel it, keep on believing. Keep on trusting. And especially we suggest, get to Moriah. And what is Moriah? Well, Moriah is Calvary, really. Certainly the vicinity of Calvary, round about Jerusalem. Get to Moriah, the Temple Mount, the altar, that's where it all took place, and the temple was later built on it. It overshadowed Calvary. So get, get to Moriah. That, that's where you get the victory. That's where you get the faith strengthened. That's where you get the assurance, the confidence, this sense of the importance of the oath of God, the covenant sealed in the blood of Jesus Christ at Calvary. It's there that you get vision. It's there that you get the insight. It's there that you begin to see. It's there that you get the grace of endurance. It's there that you see what Abraham saw. It's there where the strife ends and the victory is obtained at Calvary, at the Mount Moriah. So it's of Christ whenever we see that in him all the promises of God are yea and amen, are sure and certain. And whenever you see that you get such a fullness of assurance that it is as if you have obtained It's only at Calvary. So if you have Christ, brethren and sisters, as you do have Christ, and you have received him at Calvary, if you have Christ, you have all. And you will obtain the promises. But you have to, with patience, continue in the pilgrimage. So keep on believing. Keep on trusting. And don't look back.
But as Paul says, keep looking on to Jesus, the author and finisher of faith. So keep looking to Christ. Don't be discouraged. Don't let the devil get the better of you. Don't let your doubts and fears and your failures put you off. But keep on trusting in your Savior, Jesus Christ. And follow Father Abraham.